I'm reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. I'm reading from the RSV. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each of them heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygius and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And give ear to my words, for these men are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Yea, and on my men servants and my maid servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapour of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood." Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and manifest day. And it shall be that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Julie read Acts chapter 2 for us, which I'm going to bounce off with this message this morning. I want to speak to you about the Holy Spirit. I'm not speaking to you about the day of Pentecost, which I could do. And it's lovely, you know, but it takes too much time to do it all. So I just want to speak about the Holy Spirit today. And we read in this first chapter, if you've got your your Bibles, and you can just open up to Acts chapter 1, and then you can follow me. 
Can somebody turn that spotlight off, please? Yeah. I don't do well with bright lights. Thank you. Thank you, that's lovely. Don't know what... Yeah, that's okay. I don't know what I'll do when I stand in glory, will I? I'll absolutely be blinded by it. Um, We did these two chapters in our house group, and uh, it was really good, you know, what came out of it. And I just couldn't get away from them, these chapters. I thought you all know them. You probably could quote them to me. I know you did. You quoted to me, didn't you? The Brian, you quoted to me the, the beginning of chapter 2, didn't you? I know you all know these verses really well. But I want to just look at some of the things that Jesus said in chapter 1. And uh, it says to it says in, in uh, verse 4 of chapter 1, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but should wait... For the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. So Jesus is telling them that the promise of the Father is coming. So if I said to you the promise of the Father's coming and you didn't know what I was talking about, it wouldn't be any good, would it? Jesus said, you've already heard about this from me. You have heard from me about this promise. And where was it he spoke to them about this promise? In their, as they went round and did the things that Jesus did, where did they speak? And it's in John's Gospel, um, chapter 14, if you want to turn there. And verse 12, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works I do, Shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. Then verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him. See, we had that lovely demonstration of that with the balloons from Debbie, didn't we? The one balloon that wasn't filled with all that wonderful air that takes them up. Right. Well, we talked about them going up to the ceiling, but we thought, no, it won't be very good because they'll have to get them down. <laughs> but Debbie showed it really well through her talk to the children. Even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it does not see him, neither knows him, but you know him and he dwells in you and shall be in you. This Holy Spirit, this wonderful Holy Spirit Jesus is talking to them about. And in verse 26 he says, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is going to be our teacher. How amazing. And if any of you have got an amplified version of the Bible, you'll see these seven different things. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. Sevenfold in his operation in the power of the Holy Spirit. He can work in all those things for us if we need him. If things happen in our life that we need him. And in chapter 16, again, 
Jesus speaks of him. And he says in verse 13, Howbeit when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself. He will speak of me. That's how you know the Holy Spirit's ministering. Because that person who's ministering doesn't speak of themselves. They point to Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit points to Jesus all the time. All the time in our lives, the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus. And if if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will point to Jesus. You will always point away from yourself. Because this is what the Holy Spirit does. And Jesus said in verse 7 of chapter 16, It's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come. The Comforter, this wonderful Holy Spirit, who can comfort our hearts in trouble and in problems. This wonderful Lord, who sent the Holy Spirit. And why was it that Jesus had to go away? Before the Holy Spirit could come. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit without measure, he said. He told the disciples, I'm full of the Holy Spirit without measure. So all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. He had the fullness of God within him. Even though he was walking in a body of flesh. And he was our example. He was showing us, this is the example This is the way you'll walk. You'll do all these things in my name. Speaking of those things to them, the promise of the Father will come. You have heard it from me, he said. He spoke it to them in the Gospels. And it's interesting because here he said, when in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, He said, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you might be my witnesses. What was he talking about? And he said, power. Now, I'm not really good at Greek words, but I've got a couple here. I've got a couple of Greek words here. Power to be my witnesses. The word here for witness is martyr. Oh, you wouldn't think of that one, would you? You know, when we go around witnessing for Jesus, we wouldn't think that we could be a martyr, would we? Are you with me, everybody? I want to see some nods or shaking of heads. He's giving us power to be his witnesses, but also at this time in the early church, a lot of the disciples were punished for believing And for speaking about Jesus. And they were told to stop speaking about him. Remember our friend Edmund. Edmund Rainsbury. He never stopped speaking about him, did he? Our lovely Jesus. The one we serve. The one we love. The one that does amazing things for us. Doesn't he? Oh, I love Jesus. I think he's marvellous. And this dynamis power. This mighty power. This this power is, the Greek word is dunamis. It's what we use for dynamite. You know when they run the cord all along and then they go boom and blow all the rocks out of the cave, whatever they're looking for, gold or stuff. That dynamite power, when we receive the Holy Spirit, lives in us. It's amazing. You know, sometimes I feel like that dynamite power is just a steady flame inside me. 
until somebody pushes the right buttons and then the dynamite power starts coming up. So, this Holy Spirit is going to give us power to witness for Jesus without fear. Going to give us power to speak for him. Don't you think this is what we need here? We need people who will speak for Jesus and encourage people to come and be part of us. Because I believe God's going to do something quite amazing here. When I first came here, I was driving along the road. I must have driven past here lots of times. And the Lord said to me, go in there. And I came in that Sunday morning. Julie came and greeted me. Our lovely Julie, doing her job. She came and greeted me, and it was lovely. I felt warmly welcomed in. And I looked at this window behind me, the flames, like the Holy Spirit's flames. And it was as if the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, one day those flames are going to come, and every one of you are going to receive a fresh infilling of his power. Do you want it? I do. Do we want to see this place flourish and grow? I do. Do we want to welcome people in like Julie did with me? Yes. And that can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said to the people, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to the people, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit? How many of you have felt that power? I'm not going to talk about speaking in tongues today, though that is part of it. I know that makes people shy away. But that power of the Holy Spirit, that gifting of the Holy Spirit, that's what causes us to know him. That's what causes us to move in him. That's what causes this life. And the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It wasn't just for them there. You know, some people believe it was only for them there in the early church. But if you go through the New Testament, you'll see in many places where the Holy Spirit's power came. In many places. And I believe that this verse that God said, for the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are far off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Are you in that many? Are you in that many as the Lord our God shall call? Because he wants to give you the gift of his Holy Spirit. Because that gift causes life to come. It causes life to come in in us and life to come in those around us, the people we speak to. Yesterday I spent a lot of the day just on my own in the house. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm preaching this tomorrow. And, you know, what am I doing sitting here? Not very much really. But the Holy Spirit was kind of cogitating. Do you know what I mean by that word, cogitating? Over this, what I wanted to bring. And I believe that God has called every one of you, and every one of you, as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
You're in there and I'm in there. We're all called of God to be filled with this Holy Spirit. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Charles came up on here and he gave a prophecy about water and about the water that runs under this church. Do you remember? I remember because it was quite dynamic. He couldn't have given that prophecy unless he had the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that stirred up that word within him. He spoke about the water running under this church and he spoke about the fact that we need to allow the freshness of the water of the Holy Spirit to to work in our lives and remove the rubble that holds us back. It really touched me. That was a prophecy. That was by the Holy Ghost. God was speaking. And it behooves us as a congregation when somebody brings a word to remember what God has said. Because it's not just the person that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, thinking about the Holy Spirit, I just have to turn us to Genesis. Right in the beginning there. And you see the Holy Spirit, he worked right from the beginning. He's, he is the person of the Holy Spirit, of the, the Godhead who brings order. Who brings order. So we're not talking about disorder here. Some people will say, oh well they were all speaking in tongues and it was all a mess. There are cases when that is the, the case. That There are places where that is the case. And there can be a mess. And I agree that in time, in my lifetime, I have been through the Pentecostal church and I have seen all the ups and downs and ins and outs of it. But God, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God has given his Holy Spirit to his body for a reason. And this is the message that I felt stirred up with to bring. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, uh, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. That's the Holy Spirit. The earth was in a state. It was dark. It was in a mess. And here comes the Holy Spirit moving. Now I want to give you some sense of the noise that the Holy Spirit makes. Because... In Hebrew, that word, moved on the face of the waters, is marachafet. Do you want to say it? Marachafet. They are, you can all speak in Hebrew now. Marachafet. From that word, Eliezer ben Yehuda, who revised the Hebrew language, took, looked at trains and he thought, well, what can I use to explain a Hebrew word for trains? Because trains aren't in here. See? And he took that word and he called the train Rachav. Rachav. Merachafet. Rachav. So hear what you hear with the train. Rickety kick, rickety kick, rickety kick. When the train's moving, I mean, I don't think they make that kind of noise these days because they're kind of supersonic. But trains in them days, when Eliezer ben Yehuda was revising the language to modern Hebrew, He used the sound of the train going. So you've got an idea from Merachafet, the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. And from that also, he made another word, Rakavet, Rakav, train, Rakavet, hovercraft. 
Has anybody ever been in a hovercraft? Hands up. They're fast, aren't they? They go over the surface of the water really quick. Yeah? And can you, can this bring, can I stir up in your minds, those of you who are really listening to me this morning, the idea of the Holy Spirit, the noise that the Holy Spirit made when he hovered over the upset of the earth being in darkness and a mess, that noise that the Holy Spirit made and the speed that the Holy Spirit moved to bring order, this is what he does. And here in Acts chapter 2, that was read for us, excuse me a minute, here in Acts chapter 2 that was read for us, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Imagine that. Imagine that day when the Holy Spirit came in power and that sound of a rushing wind. Thinking, thinking of what I've just explained to you. And then there was more noise because they all received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Now, either my Bible's lying or that actually happened. I believe it. Do you? I'm a fundamentalist. I believe it. That settles it in my mind, if that's what this Bible says. And you might have different translations. I love the different translations. I'm a King James waller, actually. But I also like the Amplified, because the Amplified gives us all those other aspects of the Holy Spirit. Everything that the Holy Spirit does in church. Now you think about what goes on here. We have people who work in the kitchen faithfully. Do you think that that's not empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because I do. We have people who clean up. We have people who move the chairs. If the Holy Spirit wasn't working in those people that are doing those acts of service in this place, it'd just go to pot, wouldn't it? If we didn't have a Michael and we didn't have an Eric... You know, who do all the dogs bodying. And we didn't have the ladies in the kitchen. And we didn't have the people who did the teas. We'd be in a mess, wouldn't we? And I believe all that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. They're the gifts of service to the church. You know, there's a guy in the Bible who really interests me. And you can find him in Exodus um, chapter 31. And his name's Bezalel. You don't have to look for it this time. His name was Bezalel, and I like Bezalel. He was from the tribe of Judah, and he was called of God and gifted of God by the Holy Spirit, Old Testament. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, it tells us. What for? For making all the things to do the furniture in the tabernacle of Moses. Now that tabernacle was a picture of heaven. It was a little bit of heaven down here. You know, do you ever have a caravan? Anybody have a caravan? I'm not a great one for caravans. I'm not a great one for... You have a caravan, don't you, Billy? I'm not a great one for camping. But it was like God said, I'm going to come and camp with you. I want you to put a tent up and put everything in there that I've got up here in heaven. And so when I come, I'll feel like I'm on the holidays with you. Because he was going to come once in power. And this Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God. And he was, he was gifted, gifted to make all the furniture of the tabernacle. That was Old Testament, friends. Some of us think the Holy Spirit didn't come till the new, but he did. He's always been there. 
He's always been working and he works in all our lives all the time. Bringing order, bringing love. The love of God should dwell in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We couldn't experience salvation without the Holy Spirit either. If we didn't have the Holy Spirit, you know, when when people read the Bible, they say, oh, I've read it and it doesn't mean anything to me, you know. Well, it's because they haven't got the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's the author. And, you know, when you read the, the Bible, it's the Holy Spirit that's showing you, leading you, guiding you, teaching you all things. That's what he said he'd do. That's what Jesus said he'd do. So when you read your scriptures, it's the Holy Spirit that helps you to understand it, that excites you. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I get excited about it. Do you? That's the Holy Spirit that makes you feel excited when you read it. And I know, you know, I watch Elaine sometimes on a, on a Sunday and she takes notes of everything. So if you miss the sermon, just go and ask her. She takes, and, and she, I know she does that. Watch her do it because she wants to remember what God is saying. See, God is speaking to us all the time if we will listen. Are we listening today? Are our big ears on, you know, listening? Just, I just want to give you a little testimony of mine. When my daughter was a baby, she had, uh, she was, she had a real problem with breathing. And one day I thought she died on me because she was white and she was about two weeks old. And I rang the doctor and I can't believe how quickly he was there. I kind of turned around and he was in, it was in my living room that quick. He came and I told him, I said, my baby's white. And he came and he looked at her and she was all right. She was breathing and she started to cry and she was okay. But she had, she was very poorly. She had pneumonia and she had all this sticky stuff in her eyes. She was really ill. And my older brother said to me, Oh, there's a Pentecostal church. Sorry to mention that word. There's a Pentecostal church in, in Rams, in uh, Radcliffe. And there's a guy there with a healing ministry. Well, I'd never heard of this. I, I'd kind of been in the Anglican church till then. And uh, he said, bring the baby, please, Lynn, bring the baby. So I went to this church. I hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I was just born again believer. I went to this church, and as I walked in, I couldn't believe it. People stood up and prayed, and they didn't have a book to read from. That was the first thing that struck me. I know we do that here. That's really good. But there were such sincere prayers. And then I looked up. And it was as if I saw Jesus standing there with his arms open like this. And the man said, bring the baby, the man who was doing whatever he was doing. And he laid hands on her. And all, every trace of the gunk that was in her eyes cleared in front of my eyes. She breathed and cried properly for the first time. It was as if her lungs were cleared, you know. And the Lord totally healed her under the ministry of that man. And that man gave glory to God. He didn't take the glory to himself. I want you to understand that there are ministry gifts in the body of Christ. And they're there to build the church. We can't do without them. We need to have them. And she 
my daughter was healed wonderfully. It's just amazing what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives if we will allow him to. There are gifts in the church. I think that and, and in 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us the ministry gifts. They're just some of the things. There are other things of the Holy Spirit, not just the gifts. They're power gifts, but there are other things that the Holy Spirit does. Gifts of service, which we see, I see tremendously here. And one of the main things that Jesus said would never fail is the gift of love. And I believe that this place is full of the love of God. I feel God's love here. Um, and let us always remember that love is the highest call, our highest aim. The Holy Spirit will help you all the time with that, you know. People get on your nerves sometimes, don't they? You know, we, our kids used to sing that song, I know a song that'll get on your nerves, you know that one. <laughs> they sing it over and over again. Some people get on your nerves, but you know when you go to God, he helps you to deal with that. How does he do it? We don't go off in a huff. He helps us, sometimes we do, but he helps us, doesn't he? The Holy Spirit comes upon us and he helps us and he reasons with us and he talks to our spirit from the word of God and brings that love, stirs up that love and brings that forgiveness. You know, if you hold on and people have hurt me in my life, I'm sure you have been hurt, but if you hold on to that hurt, it doesn't hurt anybody else, only you. But by the Holy Ghost, if you forgive and let go of it, then it changes the whole situation. And it makes you a nicer person. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. He's been poured out to bring order into our lives, to take the darkness away, to take away all those things, the sin away, and help us to walk in Jesus through his word. I had a lot more things I want to say, but I'm going to stop there because time's up. And I want to say thank you for listening. And may the Holy Spirit touch you right now.